Welcome to the Marriage Steps Podcast, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener-supported. So to help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. The marriage tip of the night is always have no tech time with your partner. Do you ever have that time where both you and your spouse power off your gadgets and give and receive undivided attention? It's rare. Most couples never have that. And we used to always have that before all the tech became possible and was invented. No tech time was the norm. But now we have tech in our pocket, tech in our hand, tech on our lap. We have tech everywhere. And it's rare for couples to have designated time where they power off all that tech so they can give and receive undivided attention. Because what happens? Usually you're with your partner and they'll get a notification on their phone and before long they're looking at their phone and not at you. And that makes you feel like that phone is more important than me. And you start to resent it and you feel like you have to fight for their attention. So make sure if you're not already, start giving each other undivided attention without any tech. The marriage joke of the night is success always comes faster to the man your wife almost married. Okay, the marriage message of the night. Tonight I'm doing my questions. I'm responding back to questions from listeners. I try to do this once a week where I ask all my followers on Facebook or Instagram what marriage questions they have and also with the couples I see in my practice and then I try to consolidate some of them and respond to them through the podcast because a lot of you probably have similar questions. So here's the first one. My husband is always hateful. What should I do? Well, that depends on what he's hateful towards. But one thing to remember is hate and anger is almost always a secondary emotion. Think of anger as crust on top of a pie. And underneath crust of a pie is something gooey, the inside of the pie. And likewise with us. Anger is this harsh exterior. Underneath our anger usually is something tender, like sad or hurt, or lonely, or scared, or trauma on some level. So if you're married to someone who seems angry a lot, or hateful a lot, most likely they have something tender underneath that, or trauma underneath that. So try to gently talk to them about what's underneath their anger. And if you have a hard time getting through, it may be helpful to see a therapist to help unpack what's underneath their anger. Second question, Will I ever get over the betrayal? You won't. What happens with betrayal when there's infidelity in a relationship is it scars you to the bone. It scars you down to the core. That's why a lot of couples can't make it through infidelity. But if your partner who has strayed has done all the right things, they've shown sincere remorse, they have cut out all contact with the person, they've opened up all all communication, all tech with you, all accounts to prove that they have no contact with that person. They've been willing to go through a lie detector test multiple times if necessary to show to you they're being honest. If they've done all the right things to earn back your trust, their unfaithfulness eventually becomes a scar. And just like scar tissue, you always will notice the scar. But after a while, 
the scar becomes less visible and you don't notice it as much. And likewise with betrayal. So if your partner is doing all the right things and they've earned your trust back over time, there will become a time where you rarely think of the betrayal, but you will never fully forget it. Next question. I can't bring up certain types of I can't bring up certain topics without my husband getting upset. Help. When that's the case, there's a good chance you are coming across in a critical way or in a, an attacking way, and that's why they're getting defensive. So if you need to make a complaint, you need to bring up some, something negative to your partner, or you can't bring up a topic without them getting defensive, you need to practice the four steps to a soft startup. And those four steps include, you start off with how they've gotten better, you wanna praise them first. Second, talk about how it's probably not all their fault, this behavior they're doing that upsets you. Look for their innocence. Third, think about how you may have contributed, maybe directly you've done something that influenced their behavior that hurt you or upset you, or perhaps their behavior is triggering a wound from your background, so you're reacting strong, or it's violating some value from your background, so you're reacting strong. Okay, so those are the first three things you need to say, how they've gotten better, how it may not be their fault, and how you may have contributed. And then fourth, you state your complaint. But when you say your complaint, you have to take out the word you, always and never, and you have to express your tender underbelly and your core need. What's the core need getting stirred up for you with this whole conflict? Because it's not the complaint. The complaint is the surface level, the weeds. You have to get down to the core needs. So if you express it that way to your partner, most likely they will not get defensive or at least it's gonna reduce the risk of them getting defensive because they're gonna feel validated, they're gonna feel appreciated, and they're gonna appreciate you acknowledging that you may have had something to do with it. So try that approach and it should reduce your partner's defensiveness. Next question, how do I let go of resentment? So resentment is easiest to let go when your partner is no longer doing that behavior. One of the fastest ways to get over resentment is your partner changes. They stop doing the behavior that hurt you or offended you or frustrated you. They've stopped it. But even when they've stopped it, you still may have some lingering resentment from the past, from your history together, from how much they did that behavior in the past. And when that's the case, I recommend the compassion chart. And the compassion chart is a series of questions that builds compassion and compassion promotes forgiveness. So the first question to ask yourself is what are the things my partner's upbringing that may have influenced their behavior to hurt me in this way? What did they go through growing up? What kind of wounds did they experience that may have contributed to them behaving in this way that hurt me? That's question number one. Second question is what was going on in their circumstances in their life that may have contributed to them hurting me? What were they going through? What were they experiencing? What were their stressors? How did those variables impact their behavior that hurt me? Third thing to ask is, what was I doing, if anything, that may have influenced their hurtful behavior? Perhaps you were contributing on some, some level without realizing it, or maybe you did realize it, and that influenced them to respond in a way that hurt you. And then fourth, what about your background might be influencing how you're reacting to their hurtful behavior? Are you getting triggered? Are you having a wound, getting activated? What about your background might be influencing how you're responding to their hurtful behavior? 
So you can see there's some overlap with this technique and the soft startup for a reason. But that's called the compassion chart. So what about their upbringing may have influenced their hurtful behavior? What about their circumstances? What were you doing that may have influenced their hurtful behavior? And what about your background may be influencing how you're reacting to the hurtful behavior? Those four questions will usually increase your compassion and that will help promote forgiveness, which will help you let go of the resentment. Okay, next one, last question here is, my partner and I are both trying to improve our addictions. So when they're doing well, I'm doing well. But when they screw up, I feel like I can then screw up. How can I disconnect our paths so that we're on different tracks on getting better? So some couples struggle with addictions. You may be one of them. And the addictions can vary from eating, like food can become an addiction. Obviously substances, whether it's alcohol or marijuana or anything else. Addictions can be common for couples. And sometimes the progress of the addictions can be too enmeshed with your partner, where you can feel like, well, they, they just fell off the bandwagon, so I guess I can also. Or, you know, they're doing really well, and so I better do really well on my progress. So while it's helpful to be working on a, a similar challenge as your partner, because that can create a sense of teamwork, the downside is your progress is tied to theirs if you're too enmeshed. So what I recommend in a situation like this is you need to fortify your own path. You need to develop your reasons you're getting better and you need some individual support. So perhaps that means getting an accountability partner who's trying to improve in the same area you are and start meeting with them regularly. Perhaps it means joining a support group for for the same topic where everyone in the group is trying to improve on the same area you are. Perhaps it means getting a life coach, someone you can meet with once a month for checking in and troubleshooting and and encouragement on your path, or perhaps meeting with a therapist on a regular basis or once a month to help you unpack what's underneath your addictions, what the addictions are fueling, what are they covering up, anything like that that can help you fortify your path forward because you wanna detangle your progress from your partners. Because if your progress hinges on how well they're doing, you're gonna be a yo-yo, and you don't want that. You wanna be slow and steady on your progress no matter how well your partner is doing. And then you can cheer them on when they're doing great, and you can empathize when they struggle, but it doesn't influence how well you're doing because you have your own cheerleader section cheering you on. Thank you for listening to the Mariceps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode tonight, be sure to leave a review and click the five stars. If you want more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website, drwyattfisher.com and send me your marriage questions. You can message me on Instagram, Facebook, or email me at info at drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you neglect it, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.